Hello and welcome to episode 10 of Under the Call of MS. Today I got a couple comics here, both very different from each other. First one I'm going to talk about is Blood Rain, Skies of Fire. If you ever played the Blood Rain video game, this is a good depiction of it. Uh, it's basically a vampire female vampire who hunts whatever bad guys she has to. And this one, it's basically a Nazi-style fight. The synapsis here is, in 1932, an American teenage girl was apprehended in Europe after carving a path of destruction trying to track down and kill her biological father. The girl's name was Rain, and she claimed the people she killed and her father, who was still at large, were vampires. Before more information was attained, the girl disappeared. The girl is a vampire, a product of her human mother's rape by her vampire father, born with the powers of a vampire without, without all of the weaknesses. She was taken in by an underground organization calling themselves the Brimstone Society, a top-secret fraternity that hunts down and destroys supernatural threats. Blood Rain protects humanity from things that ordinary people shouldn't have to deal with. This is a great depiction of the character. Uh, follows the basics from the video game. She has her arm swords. Another guy gets a hold of her arm swords, one of her arm swords, and fights with her. It goes back to her childhood. Explains what she went through with her father and why she is what she is today. And she takes down a bunch of bad Nazis. And like I said, one of them gets a hold of her one of her weapons and tries to take her out. And she shows them how to actually use the weapons. Beautiful artwork, great character structure, just your standard creature going after her father. <laughs> it's like, I don't know why all the fathers destroy the girls' lives like Lady Death and Blood Rain. Just one she's basically the same concept of many other characters, Blade and uh, Vampirella. But yeah, I would I'm hoping to see some more of these. And this I don't know if this was a one shot or not. It's like they had some other one shots lined up. But Hopefully, does go on beyond this, because I'd like to see some more in here. I was it says the end at the end of this issue. It doesn't say continued or not, so there's very good possibility that this was just a one shot. But usually on these little 
side stories, I like to see a good three to five comic book run, but I will have to keep my eyes out and see if there are any more. But that one was very fun, very enjoyable. And then I seen the new Mighty Mouse comic, Mighty Mouse Volume 5, number one. And I'm like, well, I haven't read anything Mighty Mouse or watched anything Mighty Mouse since my childhood. So I figured I'd check it out and see what they're doing with the character this day. It starts out with a nice little Mighty Mouse story. And then you see this kid in the playground, school playground, and he's basically just drawing the Mighty Mouse character. Along with other things he draws in his little sketchbook. And then, of course, there's the school bullies that are picking on him, abusing him, destroying, trying to destroy and steal his art book and take it away from him. And he goes home. Mom's busy working, of course, single mom, raising her kids, so she's working the double jobs, and he basically just has to take care of himself for dinner, and then sits down, watches his cartoons, watching his Mighty Mouse, and doing some more sketching, and he's just wishing how he had someone like Mighty Mouse to hang out and help him out. And then all of a sudden, during the cartoon, Mighty Mouse just gets sucked out of the TV and gets introduced to the kid. He just can just imagine what happens from that point on, but you're going to have to read the ongoing story to find out. But. Yeah, it's an interesting look at Mighty Mouse being brought from the cartoon world into the real world. And hopefully these two will hang out together and work together and I'm sure try to find a way to get Mighty Mouse back to his world and stuff like that. So that was a fun new look at it. I was more hoping for the standard Mighty Mouse, but it is 21st century, so we got up upgrade things and change morale so that was a nice way that they did it all right let's talk about ms related today talk about pains we all have weird pains we can't explain everything from i don't know i get I have everything from feeling like i'm getting stabbed by ice picks in all different areas from head to toe uh, the numbness, um, my body's asleep from the forearms to fingertips, from my ribs to my toes, and it's been like that for over 20 years. Uh, you get, I get the pains, the thumping, like someone's hitting me with a mallet on the back of the neck, up into the lower part of the skull, apparently, from what I just learned, like I said previously in other episodes, was that it's a high high possibility. It's because I have a huge uh, <laughs> a huge uh, 
Uh, brain clog fog. A big chunk of <laughs> damage right on that part of the spine. A lesion. That's what I'm trying to say. Lesion. And uh, so that's a good possibility. That I have reason I have that, and I'll a lot of my dizziness, dippiness, uh, vertigo, all that stuff could be related to that section. Uh, and of course, the Hermes syndrome when you bend your head forward, you get that electrical feeling through your spine, sometimes through the body. You get feelings all over, like someone's stabbing you with like a five, six inch knife and just jamming it into areas all over your body. I get a lot of chest pain. In the upper left part of the chest, which makes you nervous. It always feels like it's in the heart area. Well, 90% of the time it feels like it's in the heart, heart area or it's up in the shoulder or the armpit area. Uh, the tightness of the chest, which is your MS hugs, issues and stuff. The feeling like your ribs are being crushed, your lungs are being crushed. I get a thing where I... Uh, Get little like my lungs are tightening and tightening and tightening. If I take little sips of cold water, it kind of relieves it, and then it'll st just tighten up again. And I can take a sip or two, and it'll relieve it a little bit until it goes goes away, or you just fight with it for a few days or whatever. Uh, I just seen the cardiologist and twice that morning, half hour before him. I see them and stuff. I get that pinching right in my center to left side of my chest area. It's like someone's just pinching your muscles inside your chest or your heart. He says, don't worry about it. He says, worry more because of my aortic dissection that I think I have, which he's got explained to more as a flap now. Uh, he says, if that goes bad, he says, I will have severe pain in my left arm shooting up and again, will turn white, which is the first time I've ever heard of that. So that was interesting, but I'm supposed to be very careful with any type of lifting because that's when I originally initially ripped it open and I can do it again by doing that. Which, of course, I'm stuck through most of the stuff, so I do way, way more than I should with lifting my eyes, but someone's got to get the stuff done. And then and the tingling, the burning feelings throughout your body, the, like every cell, every atom, every part of your body feels like it's been beaten by a baseball bat repeatedly and just from when you wake up till you go to bed you just well I'm just basically head to toe pain and it just gets worse throughout the day uh, unable to walk normally uh, just 
just tons of different phantom pains that you just cannot explain. Just things that feel like there's something majorly happening, but it's something that's being caused because our nerves are telling our body it's happening, even though it's not happening. But what we're we gonna do? Got tons of medications we can try and stuff like that, but it's like. I recently said my neurologist put me on Nubigil. I guess he hasn't started it yet. But uh, I got a call today. He wants to do a video appointment for the sleep study, but I don't really care about the results of that because that terrible night sleep. So I don't think he could have got decent numbers from that. So we'll just see what happens. It's like, you can sit there and take all kinds of pain meds, aspirins, ointments, all that stuff, but I've never had any luck with those, so I don't feel like just keeping the, on dumping the crap into my body for no reason if it's not going to do anything special for me. Uh, different stages of MS are going to cause all kinds of different pains and stuff. Some are going to be more permanent. The later advanced you get into the MS progression and stuff like that. They say like uh, clinically isolated syndrome is like the sign of a possible start of MS but they they can't prove that yet. They're caught, they're episodes that are caused by inflammation and damage to the myelin covering the nerves in the brain and spinal cord. So, kind of related since it has demyelination signs. <clears throat> but most of us, as we know, are diagnosed with relapse and remitting type of MS, which is basically a pattern of periods in which symptoms worsen and then improve. And then it'll eventually progress from that point on. But uh, relapse and remitting MS people have flare-ups between relapses. They have Periods of remission over a few decades, of course, the disease is likely to change and become more complex, which means that you might be advancing to the next stage, which is secondary progressive MS, which I feel that I feel like that's the stage I'm in, but they still have me classified under the relapse and remitting, I believe. But I don't feel that anything's coming and going anymore. Anything that comes pretty much stays. And secondary progressive is a more aggressive form of the disease. And if left untreated, half of us with relapse and remitting will develop secondary progressive. But I feel even if you are treating it, it can happen. I'm not a doctor, but I'm just going by how my body feels. And in secondary progressive MS, You still might have relapses, but then they're followed by partial recovery periods of remission, but the disease doesn't disappear between cycles. Instead, it just keeps worsening. Then we have the primary progressive MS, 
<clears throat> which a small amount of us end up with. And it's relatively uncommon, apparently. But I see lots of people with it, so I don't think it's that as an uncommon as they believe it is. This form is characterized by slow and steady disease progression with no remission periods. Uh, some people with primary progressive MS experience occasional plateaus in their symptoms, as well as minor improvements in function that tend to be temporary. But there are variations in the progression rate over time. So, and for the poor little little guys and gals who got pediatric MS, which I believe we've already figured that mine goes at least back to five years old, but more than likely, I believe most, if not all of us, are somewhat born with MS and just activated at a certain stage in our life. Is how I feel, but since they don't have no clue on how we get the disease, we must be born with the disease if they can't figure that out, in my opinion. But like I said, I'm not a doctor. I'm just someone voicing my concerns, getting things off my chest. But uh, with pediatric MS, uh, children and adolescents can be diagnosed with it. It's, they say that between 2 to 5% of all MS patients don't have symptoms that started before they were 18 years old. I disagree with those numbers, too, because I know a lot of people that would say otherwise. But Pediatric MS follows a similar course of progression as the adult form of disease with similar symptoms as well. However, some children experience additional symptoms, such as seizures and lethargy. Also, the disease course may progress more slowly for younger people than it does for adults. Well, yeah, you would expect that because it increases with age and time with the disease. But Yeah, lots of treatment options available. I mean, there's the basic things you can do, your pain relievers, stool softeners, uh, laxatives if you got those type of issues, uh, cortisone steroids when you have attacks, plasma exchanges for attacks. We got our beta interferons, our glatomeric, copaxone, glatomeric acetate, or whatever it's called. Aeroflonamide, which is like a Baggio, dimethyl fumate, tecfidaria. There's physical therapy, muscle relaxants. There's ocrevus. There's tosabri. There's so many different medications out there in Mavenclad. I just can't think of all of them offhand, but. Plenty of different ones out there so they can, I guess, thankfully, uh, change us around enough times with medications until we find something that keeps us going for a couple months without any new signs or new lesions. But 
muscle relaxers, alternative remedies that we can do to help with things with our exercise or yoga, acupuncture, relaxation techniques, lifestyle changes with exercising, stretching, eating healthier, reducing stress. Basically, watch what you're looking for, talk with your doctor, and see what what they can put you on, what they can start you on, what they can give you to help you out with the different things. Oh, for recipe, let's throw a little recipe in there. This is a weird time of year, but I, every Thanksgiving when they have the turkeys on sale, I like to grab at least three turkeys because for those prices, when you're paying like 30-some cents a pound, you just got to take advantage of stuff like that that's a meal for a week or so. It's like I made our turkey this time. Basically, cook it in an oven, 325, until the inside temperature is at least 165. Uh, this was a butter ball, so it has a nice little thermostat. Thermometer pop-up thing, so that's a nice. Easy way to cook. Uh, Seasoning-wise, I cut an orange in half, threw it in the gut of it. Make sure you take your neck and gib- giblets out of there. And if you have people that like the giblets, I like to just throw them in the pan on the side of the turkey and just let them cook with the turkey and the juices. Uh, or you can use them to make a stuffing or whatever, or gravy. Uh, the gravy, I like just using the packet that's in there and then add the drippings and mix that up. But the giblets are usually good if you make a homemade style stuffing with meat, which mom makes a good one of those. Uh, seasoning wise, it's basically use olive oil. This one I think I went with uh, basil, rosemary, uh, sea salt, pepper. Uh, uh, again. I think I put some parsley and sage in there. And then I had some leftover. I make a, my favorite thing now for cranberries is you get whole, a can of whole cranberry stuff. Uh, you only need like eight to 10 ounces of crushed pineapple. A big box of strawberry jello, and you just boil three cups of water, mix in the jello, dump in the cranberries, they'll break down in the warm water, and throw the pineapple in there and just chill it for four hours or for a day or overnight or whatever. And that is the best cranberry. The best way I've ever had cranberry. Unless you want that tart cranberryness, this gives it a nice sweetness. You still get your whole cranberries in there. Uh, 
I had leftover pineapple because I got a large can of pineapple, so I just threw the rest of that in the in the hole of the turkey and cooked it for 325 for about four hours. Came out nice and beautiful. Put the foil, put a chunk of foil over the breast for the first hour, hour and a half. And just keep an eye on it because you don't want to overcook, over darken the breast meat. Get it too dried out. Uh, of course, take a ladle and it's constantly, every hour or so, just take some of the drippings and dumping them over the top. And we just decided to do that, that this week and invite some people over. Had basically a mid-year Thanksgiving dinner, and so we got enough leftovers to last us for the week. And then tonight we'll just do the basic, make your plate, heat it up. But tomorrow I think I'm going to take a thing of wild rice, chop up some turkey, throw, have a nice turkey and wild rice soup. This is some homemade bread. That's a nice, simple way. And I know these aren't these aren't foods that are designed for health at all. These are <laughs> designed to enjoy. And it's like, but I feel if you don't overdo it, it's good to have a nice meal like this once in a while. But yeah, I am still going to keep working on figuring out what things make my body feel better and things make me feel worse this is a nice thing to have in the middle of the year early thanksgiving so that's it for today i just figured i'd whip out a quick one since i had the time and hopefully i'll still get one out tomorrow on the normal schedule and you have a good day